Welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. I am your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Purple Mafia is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, PodMN, Spotify, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, I already said that, Audible, Stitcher, and Double Twist. Thank you once and always for downloading and listening to this show. It's a pleasure to be back once again with you today. As Minnesota Vikings unable to get the job done in San Francisco today, losing in typical fashion, I'd have to say. Just another game, chalk it up against San Francisco, this time 34-26 in San Francisco. Okay. That's the way you want it. That's the way you're going to get it. And that just kind of sums it all up. Vikings lose by eight. It felt like it could have been more. It felt like the Vikings could and should and could and would have, should have, could have, would have, should have come back and won the game, but of course it didn't. Of course there were non-calls when we need them most. That type of thing. You know, guys draping all over. Uh, KJ Osborne and no call made, this and that. But it is what it is. You can't count on the refs to bail you out in that situation. Be in a better position at the end. Line up behind the correct you know, lineman would be helpful as well. Lining up behind the right guard in a big moment down the stretch. Talk about an urban legend. I don't even know how that you can do that. I don't know how that happens. I, I don't understand. Uh, Delvin Cook gets injured. At first it looked like a knee, the way his knee was bending, and then it's like, but he was grabbing his chest the whole time. Sounds like it's a, uh, a shoulder. A <laughs> shoulder looks like a left shoulder situation, maybe separated. Some people might be saying pectoral. God only knows. It was a pretty rough collision, and of course it was a crucial fumble that ended up... Uh, giving the ball back to San Francisco in a time where it looked like the Vikings had something cooking, pardon the pun. Thankfully, we have a very capable backup running back named Madison, but unfortunately, Minnesota Vikings' likelihood of even making the postseason now has dropped in a big way. Losing to the 49ers is not going to help. Luckily, there isn't a whole lot of competition at the bottom, even as of right now, the Minnesota Vikings still would hold on to the number 7 seed. In the NFC, we would still be in the postseason. Atlanta, of all teams, the Atlanta Falcons are also five and six. Ugh, the Atlanta Falcons are also five and six. <laughs> That's crazy. Uh, right now, Arizona nine and two, Green Bay nine and three. Great. Tampa Bay eight and three. At least at the moment, they'd be the number three seed. Wow, that's who we'd be playing right now. I'm just, yeah, it wouldn't be, uh, wouldn't be Tampa. Dallas is number four, and of course we lost to them. The Rams are now seven and four as they continue to drop off. San Francisco is number six. Minnesota number seven, so we would be heading to Lambeau Field. Mm, I don't really like our chances in Lambeau Field if things headed in that direction, but what the hell can you do, as uh, Mr. Jerry Burns would say? Um, what the hell can you do? What the hell can you say? This game could and should and would have gone better, but it just didn't. Delvin Cook had a couple of big moments and then, of course, was injured and had that huge fumble. Kirk Cousins had multiple interceptions in today's game. San Francisco's defense is obviously good. Joey Bosa is quite a threat and quite a frustration to deal with. It felt like Delvin Cook had many more yards, but I guess he had a couple of receptions that ended up being a yak, you know, yards after catch, 20-yard plays. He actually had more receiving yards. He had six catches in the game. Pretty crazy. As the Vikings kind of stopped targeting, the Vikings offense kind of stopped targeting the Justin Jeffersons and Adam Thielens. Only uh, four passes were completed to Justin Jefferson on nine targets. Some of them were throwaways. Others were just inaccurate throws, overthrown. Kirk Cousins was not his sharp self today. Uh, somehow, someway, he only wound up with one interception. It felt like two, but it was one. Uh, thrown right to the defender, though, which was really frustrating. And, of course, the fumble with Delvin Cook with the injury to insult, injury to insult in that case. Uh, Wanham had a sack. It felt like he had two. It looked like Armin Watts got the other one. Yes, Armin Watts got the other sack. Wanham, though, with a tackle for loss along the way as well. Was solid during most of the game today. James Lynch, James Lynch uh, jumped off sides, this and that. Metellus was beat multiple times, drawing the ire of Mike Zimmer, particularly in the second quarter as things started going in the wrong direction. Sheldon Richardson had some nice moments hurrying the quarterback and such. Uh, and then Harrison Smith apparently had his first interception of the season. Felt like he had two or three already, but I guess it was just his first. It's like, oh, oh, okay, never mind. <laughs> Armand Watts continues to get a little bit better. He's a nice uh, positive, per se, for the future. Anthony Barr was banged up in the game. 
I thought Breland was okay. Generally speaking, Nick Vigil continues to be one of the better linebackers on the team. We'll just say he's the second best linebacker. I think it's safe to say Harrison Smith had a very, very nice game. I would say, generally speaking, Patrick Peterson was about average, just like last week. Bosa, I felt like he had two or three sacks in the game. It just feels like something's missing here. He only had one, but he was all over the place throughout the game. And again, part of that painful tackle for uh, uh, Delvin Cook, which was more painful than ever for the Minnesota Vikings going forward. Oh, man. Well, we have a running back, though. That's the good news. You have Alexander Madison, but you also have Kenny Nwangwo. So we are absolutely blessed at the running game. Absolutely blessed. Uh, and Kenny Nwangwo will return another uh, kick for a touchdown, 99 yards again. 171 <laughs> return yards in the game. And, and then in his one attempt, he gained seven yards. So I want to see more and more of Nwangwo, especially if Galvin Cook is not going to play anymore this year or if he's going to play in about a month or so, or two weeks from now. We need to see more and more of Nwangwu. Uh, Madison, he's he's solid, he's alright, but Nwangwu just might give us some big plays. Uh, this, there's something there, and you, you felt that coming into the season, going all the way back into like the, uh, the mini camps and such, and seeing highlights of this guy coming into the season. It was uh, pretty exciting coming in from the draft. There's something there. Uh, obviously, again, out of Iowa State. I kept mixing, mixing him up with Iowa and Iowa State. Obviously, nice career there. Dangerous player. Wonderful. There's something there with number 26. Uh, again, taken in the fourth round this past spring. 14th pick in the fourth round. So right, right about right smack dab in the middle of the draft. And Vikings may have picked up something pretty damn cool at the end of the day. Alexander Madison was taken late in the third round a few years earlier. Uh, definitely definitely a talented guy who can catch the ball and run with the ball and can block. He's not one-dimensional like Adrian Peterson, which drove us all absolutely nuts. Madison was limited a bit today. Obviously, San Francisco's defense is very solid. I just I, I had a feeling you're going to see interceptions, especially when guys like Paul Allen and the rest of us kept talking about, wow, Kirk Cousins hasn't thrown an interception on the road in like 300 pass attempts, you know, this and that. You just knew it. You just knew it was going to happen. Cousins throwing right into the arms of Aziz Al-Shair, right into his hands. And he was saying, thank you so very much. Kirk Cousins, it is Christmas season now. You got that red and gold, you know, just like Christmas time, and then the green field, you know, yeah, you see? See? You know, and then the white as well. You got all those Christmas colors. My Christmas tree is right here, all decorated and nice. Nice big uh, new Christmas tree. Obviously, uh, unfortunately, artificial, artificial, because it is, uh, yeah, in an apartment. So, it won't allow us to do that around here. You saw Robbie Gold miss a kick. You saw Greg Joseph mix, miss an extra point and not even attempt a field goal. But you got to see a special teams touchdown, which felt really damn good. You saw Justin Deverson make a few big plays, and you also saw Adam Thielen in the end zone twice. He's in double digits now. On the season, Adam Thielen would be a wonderful fantasy wide receiver. If he's your number two receiver or something like that, you probably have a pretty damn good team. <sighs> Let's get to the damage. Oh, there's damage. Oh, there's damage. Let's just look at the running game. And, of course, again, the running game on our side was not good. Well, Delvin Cook had a couple moments, but, again, more so in those screen plays that ended up being gains, yards after catch and such. That ended up being productive. apologize if you can hear a little background noise, but that's how it goes. Um, but when you get you give up over 200 rushing yards in a game, season high for San Francisco, and we talked about stopping the running game, and San Francisco's got a dangerous running game by committee and this and that. Oh, boy. Yeah. It sucks. Very painful. Uh, they were eighth in the league. It's a dangerous running game, but not that dangerous. I mean, eighth in the league is decent, but it is what it is. You know, it is what it is. And, of course, the dangerous passing defense of the San Francisco 49ers third coming into the game. Remember that. Oh, boy. 200 plus yards though, given up. Very frustrating. You also got to see a fourth down conversion and fourth and goal by the Minnesota Vikings yet again. That was awesome. That was one of the two touchdowns the earlier of the two to Adam Thielen. So that felt good. A part of me if I'm bouncing all over the place, but that's kind of how it goes. Oh, man. Mm. But the rushing hours given up was uh, really something to say the least. It was uh, disgusting. Vikings uh, 5.3 yards given up on the ground today. Which is, again, I keep calling it Tecmo Bowl. Tecmo Bowl right there. 208. Vikings only mustered uh, 67 yards on the ground. The run defense for San Francisco 
was just kind of ready to go time and time again. Every time the Vikings thought they had something going, they were in the backfield and there was TFL time or like two yards or this or that. It was bull crap. Both quarterbacks, not very sharp, I'd have to say. Honest to God. But it just felt like Minnesota and San Francisco again. Like that playoff game a few years back. Obviously, it feels like 10 years ago, but it really wasn't. Um, well, obviously, how things changed so much. And, yeah, I don't know. The, the NFL's changed a bit since then. Obviously, different players on the teams. And San Francisco at that time had the number one seed in the uh, in the uh, NFC. Vikings were at the sixth seed that year. So, of course, we had to go to the number one seed to continue and it was just a one-sided affair and it was a running game by committee and they kicked our butts it's just kind of all there was to say about it they kicked our butts in that game it didn't leave me feeling good at all cousins was efficient at times and i'm not here to just bash 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 cousins it's just that when you needed it most he wasn't so good he wasn't so good and of course did not get built up by the refs along the way as well, and San Francisco's passing defense is damn good, so at least we're honest about that. It is. Uh, the running offense, again, what did they have? 208 yards on the ground, Eli Mitchell just ran all over us, 5 yards, and Debu Samuel got in the end zone twice, including the 49-yard scamper on a handoff. Just drove us all absolutely nuts, and he's a wide receiver, don't forget. He's a receiver, yeah, and he had a 49-yard scamper with terrible tackling, Guys just in the wrong place. Confusion along the way. Uh, I just... T to me, this is just history repeating itself. That might end up being the title of this episode if I don't zone out and come up, or come up with something better along the way. Um, history repeating itself. I mean, you just go into San Francisco and lose. That's just kind of the Vikings in, in San Francisco. We don't win in San Francisco very often. 1987 slash 19 January 1988. That was a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful memory, but it's 30 plus years ago now. 33, in fact. So I, I miss it. I miss that. That was a lot of fun. It was a great memory. We thought the Vikings were going to the Super Bowl for sure. And of course we didn't. You know, of course we didn't. Couldn't get the job done in freaking Washington. <sighs> like always. God, Washington and San Francisco, two teams that have haunted this this uh, Minnesota Vikings franchise over the last 30-plus years. It's annoying. It's bullcrap. It sucks. It is what it is. Anything else, though? Yeah, again, it just figures, though, how a lot of us were thinking, you better stop the run, you better stop the run, you better stop the run of the San Francisco committee, you know, running back by committee, and, you know, 208. I mean, what, what more is there to say? That That's just is what it is. Again, the the main positive of, of this game, I think, is Kenny Nwangwu. Just you feel good that you might have something there in the fourth round. I mean, good job again by the Vikings uh, scouting staff and, of course, Rick Spielman. Dare I give credit to a guy that a lot of us are frustrated with over the years. Uh, you got to see Justin Jefferson complete a 24-yard pass also along the way. That was kind of exciting, kind of cool. But... Uh, I don't know. Vikings in San Francisco. It, it, again, it felt exactly like that playoff game a few years back. <sighs> Beaten, injured, frustrating. Uh, TJ Wanham had probably his best game the, the of, of the season. I'd have to say Metellus. It's just, it's heartbreaking to uh, not have Bynum out there. I mean, he was so good, but then, of course, losing Bynum this week really, really did not help it shows how valuable the guy is. I mean, look how valuable he is. You know, and Metellus again getting beat in the touchdown along the way early in the game. Kendricks was what he usually is, very, very solid. Breland was a bit better, like he's bad, like I've been saying. Sheldon Richardson quietly keeps getting better and better every week, I'd have to say. He's not this perfect guy, but he's gotten better. Harrison Smith had what I would call probably his best game this season. Again, after a kind of a down year, a couple of pass deflections in the INT made all of us feel... Uh, significantly better down the stretch. But that San Francisco defense frustrated the Vikings time and time again, and it left us kind of with a major, uh, very, very sour taste in our mouth, to say the least. The Fran Tarkington Award for today's show, I'm going to have to give it to Kenny Nwongwo. <laughs> I mean, being able to return a kick again, I mean, and again, keeping giving us all some hope here if say Delvin Cook is out for the season with a, a pectoral or something along the likes of that. 
that's the hope you may have, is Kenny Nwongwu just might be that big home run type of player again. He certainly is a home run player in uh, special teams, and special teams are limited nowadays. You can't really get major returns, and you can't get an onside kicks. A lot of those interesting parts of and aspects of special teams just aren't there anymore, unless you have some spectacular fake punt that ends up being something huge that changes the whole season uh, for yourself or for the other team. Um, special teams haven't been as special because of the rule changes and such, and it's sad, but to, to see Kenny Nwongwo have multiple kick returns for touchdowns in three weeks, that's kind of damn exciting. Really, really cool to see him uh, emerging. So I think he's a well-deserving friend, Tarkington Award winner for today's show. Harrison Smith is a strong, strong honorable mention at the end of the day. It's, uh, he's the other guy for sure. Defensively, it's got to be Harrison Smith. Uh, and even uh, did you want him to a point. The Christian Potter Memorial, it's got to be, yeah, I, it's got to be Ole Udo. He just keeps getting worse and worse and worse. Uh, called for a hold today. Uh, he's getting turned around. He was such a positive. I mean, he was the most, starting out the season, he was the overall best offensive lineman for the Minnesota Vikings with uh, pro football focus and all that. All of his pro football focus numbers earlier in the season and into the preseason, dare we say. But offensive line, preseason counts for those people because they're not going to block any different in the preseason versus the regular season, are they? Is that <laughs> So that kind of counts for me at the end of the day. In the trenches, in the trenches is in the trenches. They're not going to play any softer, at least I would hope, in the trenches, preseason or regular season. They're always kind of working their butts off one way or another. Uh, so it's really sad to see that. Um, and he's got a bona fide Christian Potter Memorial for this week. Uh, he just keeps getting worse and worse, and he certainly didn't help. And once you see Kirk Cousins getting flustered, it's pretty much game freaking over, especially on the road. It's game over. But I suppose it was like that with the Dallas Cowboys as well. He was, Kirk Cousins was not sharp in that game either. Against, again, I mean, Cooper Rush. Cooper freaking Rush. I don't know. I'm still not over that. I don't think anybody really is at the end of the day. With that, apologize if this is kind of a short review. But, I mean, it's kind of like it'll be more cool to hear what you guys have to say and then I'll bounce off of that per se in the fan interaction segment because t today it just kind of it, it just felt like a broken record going into San Francisco. It's just the same old crap every time we go there. No matter what the generation is. It's just they're always we're not sharp. They are. Uh, whatever was ailing us before ails us worse than ever. Whatever was good is now not good. That's just like what it is every time you go into San Francisco, unless it's that wonderful playoff run. Otherwise, it's some kind of magical season, but like, you know, like Randy Moss or something, you know, getting things rolling. I, I don't think we played San Francisco that year. And if we did, they must have, no, I know, we, we, we didn't play them in 98. But I have some kind of a strange memory about it. But uh, 97, I know we got obliterated in the postseason that year. 1988 season into 89, obliterated, 89 into 90, absolutely just, it was the worst ever. And then, of course, again, all the years later. It's just history repeating itself at the end of the day. Forgive my repetitious, broken record nature myself right now. With that, we'll take a quick break, and then we'll look at, we'll look at the league, we'll look at the Thanksgiving games, and, of course, previewing the Detroit Lions who play on Thanksgiving every single season. And, yeah. Will they get their first win ever against the Vikings? I sure hope not. And we are back here on Purple Mafia, segment number two. Time to look around the league a bit. Of course, closer with the NFC North, even though it's pretty obvious he's going to win the division now. One team is for sure making the playoffs. Maybe this second team where Purple will make it as well. And I also made a very stupid uh, slip of the tongue there at the end. First win ever against the Vikings? No, first win this season will it come against the Minnesota Vikings in Detroit. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see what happens. But got to go to Detroit this time around. Dan Campbell. They almost had us beat. Of course, that'll be the uh, end of this segment when we actually preview things. 
Oh, God almighty. Mm. So, we'll open up with Las Vegas-Dallas. Hey, it was nice to see Las Vegas kind of step things up here. And and does any Viking fan actually like the Dallas Cowboys? Maybe a little bit. Dak Prescott can be exciting. Elliott can be good. I, I'm not a big fan, though. I'm just not a big fan of the Cowboys. I, I can't. I can't. Not with Jerry Jones over there. Bugs me. I think he bugs a lot of people. Oakland Raiders, I just call them that. Las Vegas Raiders finally looked like the Las Vegas Raiders of earlier in the season. And Derek Carr, very solid, almost 400 yards passing. It was a great Thanksgiving day for him. Dak Prescott, it seems like every week he's attempting like 48, 50 passes. It's absolutely crazy. Michael Gallup, Cedric Wilson were absolutely spectacular. 106 and 104 yards receiving respectively, but no touchdown catches for them. The touchdowns ended up going to Sean McKeon, okay, on one play, and Dalton Schultz. It was targeted seven times with only three catches in the game. Tony Pollard had a few big plays that helped the uh, Cowboys move the chains. But you have guys like Hunter Renfro. What the heck? Hunter Renfro jumping on the scene. And Deshaun Jackson, very familiar, former Eagle star, who kicked the Vikings' butt in the NFC title game years ago. That was much to my chagrin. Much, much to my chagrin. 102 yards and a touchdown. Rather see him in... Las Vegas and Philadelphia, because it's a nasty, awful memory. Daniel Carlson, call call him a nasty, awful memory, at least in that Green Bay game, because he only played two games for Minnesota. Five kicks made in the game, three extra points. Wonderful fantasy kicker, at least in this day. 18 points. A lot to be thankful for at the table there. If you have Daniel Carlson in your fantasy lineup, and Yannick Ngakwe, again, getting another sack for the Las Vegas Raiders. Yannick Ngakwe. Man, how many sacks does this guy have this year? Eight? Nice season, Yannick. Well done. I don't know why the Vikings hated him so much and got rid of him so fast, but uh, well done. We moved down a round from where we got him from. We gave up a... Uh, yeah, let's just move on. Hell with it. <laughs> Yannick Ngakwe, though, eight sacks. At least he's decent. The Raiders are still in the playoff picture. Six and five. It's not too bad. Dallas dropping to seven and four. And they'll be winning a very awful division, looks like, because Philly ain't threatening anybody, and I don't think the Washington W's will either. I don't think so, but uh, congratulations to Las Vegas. A nice road win. Very impressive. Good. Good to see them picking things up again, because I'd much rather see Vegas make the playoffs than some of the other teams over there. Buffalo Sabres. No, Buffalo Bills. Oh, boy, oh, boy. After a couple of awful losses, two out of three weeks, they've just, they just bleeped the bed. I mean, I don't know. What the heck, man? 31-6 to six over a New Orleans team that's, well, you know, depleted. Doesn't help, even though Trevor Simeon had a couple of, has had a couple of good games, uh, some good moments here and there. He's a respectable fill-in quarterback. He's not bad. And again, I'd feel a lot more comfortable with him on the sidelines versus Sean Mannion, but Trevor Simeon, he probably wants to play once in a while, because Kirk Cousins, you know, God bless him, stays healthy all the time. God bless him. And God is blessing him if that's, the, you know, with the fact that he's able to stay healthy as much as he is with how much he gets hit. Uh, Josh Allen was able to throw four touchdown passes. He did have two interceptions in the game. Still a bit sloppy. Stefan Diggs and Dawson Knox with a couple of touchdown. Diggs with one. And the Buffalo Bills coasted to victory over the Saints in New Orleans on Thanksgiving Day. Again, the other one was Chicago-Detroit. That's next week's opponent, of course. Not Chicago, but Detroit. Next week, Detroit football. Dan Campbell, will he get the first win by Detroit in the last eight games versus the Vikings? Vikings have beaten Detroit eight games in a row. Pretty crazy. Cincinnati crushes Pittsburgh 41-10, to and they're 7-4 and in... Looking to go to Cincinnati. You may finally get back in the playoffs again. Hopefully they actually win a playoff game because they haven't won one since 1988. I say that every week. Every time I bring up Cincinnati anyway. Haven't won one since 1988. Come on. Win a playoff game, Cincy. Do it. Get it done. It would be uh, very, very much appreciated. 41 to 10. That's really impressive. I, I mean, I keep coming back to that Joe Burrow solid day. Completed almost every pass. Get an interception along the way, which brought this burger a very sloppy day. Cincinnati just got the job done big time in Cincy. Congratulations, Bengals, as the playoffs are looking more and more like a reality. Tampa Bay, I don't think anybody's doubting they're going to make the postseason. 8-3 and three now with a 38-31 win. Very impressive, fun game to watch. 38-31 over the Colts. 38-31 over the Colts. This had to have been a blast for both uh for pretty much Bucks fans, but I'm sure both teams and any casual fans on the outside. 
Neither quarterback was overly sharp in the game, but points were on the board. Leonard Fournette was able to run the ball in three times. That's impressive. Ronald Jones runs one in as well. Four touchdowns rushing for the Tampa Bay Bucks. Jonathan Taylor, another great week. Five and a half yards a carry. Got into the end zone with only 83 yards. Both Carson Wentz and Tom Brady had interceptions in the game. Two for Carson Wentz, though. And that ended up being the difference along the way as the Colts just could not get it done, unfortunately, for them. They dropped to 6-6, six and six, but they still have a shot. What's going on with the Miami Dolphins? What have they won, three in a row now? They were 2-7. and seven. Now they're 5-7. and seven. And if there was a tiebreaker between them and Carolina, they'd have home field between the two. The Miami Dolphins, they have an outside shot of sneaking into the postseason this year. They're playing great all of a sudden. Now, of course, they're beating up on crappy teams. The Carolina's dead. Uh, New York Jets are dead. Teams like that, Jacksonville. But, hey, win. Go ahead and win. They also beat Buffalo. Don't forget, that must have been a huge, huge uh, confidence boost for Miami, and it sure looks like it. Tua Tagogabula. No, I'm just kidding. Tua. Let's just leave it at that. Having another solid week, not turning the ball over. Good for him. Cam Newton was horrendous. Absolutely horrendous. Completed 5 of 21 passes, had an interception, or a couple interceptions on P.J. Walker with one. Quarterback rating for Cam Newton, 5.8. Wow. P.J. Walker, 40.4. Yet somehow D.J. Moore wound up with 103 yards for Carolina. I don't even know where that came from in a game that was poor quarterback to that terribly. Amir Abdullah, former Viking now, and apparently uh, Sanchez is the former quarterback, <laughs> favorite player. Amir Abdullah, even though they never played together. At least from my personal memory. Jalen Waddle with a touchdown and 137 yards catch, uh, receiving in the game. Good for him. Dolphins roll 33-10 to over Carolina. New England is rolling again. First place in the AFC South. That's right, first place in the AFC South. Excuse me, AFC East, pardon me. I'm talking about Tennessee. They're still in first. They dropped to 8-4. and four. New England jumps to 8-4, and four, so they would have home field over Tennessee now. And Tennessee looked like they were going to be the best team in the NFC. They've lost back-to-back games and getting their asses handed to them last week as well. They got their asses handed to them by Miami, if I remember correctly. 36-13 to today by New England. As the confidence of this Patriots team is really going up. Tannehill has lost it. Down to only 93 yards passing today. Mac Jones is not turning the ball anymore. Uh, turn the, turning the ball over anymore and threw for a couple touchdowns and 300 yards in the game. Big time day for him. Patriots are just rolling in a big way. Congratulations to them. Uh, <laughs> An NFC East matchup. Boy, Eagles had an outside shot of doing something, maybe squeezing in somewhere. You can't lose to the Giants. I don't care if it's in New York or New Jersey or whatever it is or in Philly. You can't lose this game. You can't only score seven points, but that's all the Eagles were able to muster. The Giants went 13-7 to in a yuck fest. Jalen Hurts was, yeah, you, you can guess what I'm going to say. He was hurting. Yeah, three interceptions and no touchdowns. Awful performance. New York Giants defense got the job done. And a basically it's like bruised colors, blue and green there. Blue and green, blue, blue, bruising colors there with that forest green eagles. They got their butts handed to them by the Giants defensively in the game. Atlanta over Jacksonville, and right now they're in the hunt, and just behind the Vikings, believe it or not, 24-14, to but beat a crappy Jacksonville team who can't beat anybody at the end of the day. What else can you do, though? Uh, Trevor Lawrence, just another meh game. Matt Ryan, another meh game. Cordero Patterson was able to run for 108 yards. Good for him. He is really standing up. He's the best player on Atlanta. I would say he's Mr. He's the Deion Sanders Award winner for the Atlanta Falcons for the season. He's got to be the MVP of the Falcons now. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Too bad they're not probably not going to be a playoff team, but 108 yards and a couple touchdowns. Cordero Patterson, impressive. James Robinson, also solid for Jacksonville, but also lost the ball along the way. Unfortunately, and what the heck am I seeing? It's a ghost. It's a ghost. Yeah, see, Cordero Patterson running for 108 yards is one thing. You know he has athletic ability. It's just he could never get it together. But who led the Jacksonville Jaguars in receiving and receiving yards? Who did? You're not going to believe me. You won't believe me if I tell you. It's Laquan Treadwell. Yeah, he's a member of the Jaguars. He had four catches and 53 yards. <laughs> yeah, he suited up for Atlanta. 
in the preseason, didn't make the team, and now he's on the Jaguars, and he had his best game maybe ever. 53 yards. Look, Quan Treadwell actually caught the ball four times. He caught the ball four times. Okay, well, we'll keep moving. That was kind of scary. Jets versus uh, Houston. Just another yuck fest right here. Jets win their third game of the season, 21-14. What more is there really to say about this one? Zach Wilson back in at quarterback. He wasn't anything special, but they ended up getting the job done. Tyrod Taylor, nothing special either. Let's just keep going. That's awful teams right there. We don't. Nobody's really worried about them. Apparently, Trady Bridgewater was injured in this game, and that's too bad. Went into the locker room. Chargers. My God, what happened? Weren't they six and two at one point, and they after losing to us, that kind of got them dropping, dropping. Now they're six and five on the year. Justin Herbert starting to throw ints. Bridgewater again got injured in the game after having a pretty solid start to the game. Drew Locke was nothing special, but Denver ends up beating the Chargers anyway. At the end of the day, we'll see what happens. Twenty-eight to thirteen again. Denver's defense doing a good job and frustrating the Chargers in a big way, getting multiple interceptions on Herbert. And again, underthrown pass, which could have been a possible touchdown if Herbert actually sailed that ball up there a little better. But it is what it is. Denver is 6-5, and five and they're in the playoff picture in the AFC. Wow. Impressive, to be, to be quite honest. The Cleveland Browns and the Baltimore Ravens are on the TV right now. It's the Brown Bowl, the annual Brown Bowl every year. Who's moving the ball? Looks like they're kind of at midfield with Baltimore at the moment. Yeah, Baltimore, they're a pretty tough team. It's the old the old versus the new when it comes to the Cleveland Browns. At the end of the day, Packers rolled all over. Well, not really, but they kind of did. Over the LA Rams, that's another team. Like the Chargers, that's been dropping off the past couple of weeks. You know, losing to teams like Arizona and losing last week as well. Now they're 30, uh, now they're 7-4 and four on the season. Packers jump up to 9-3. and three. Nice recovery after getting beat by the Vikings. They're like, screw this. We're not going to lose. We're going to jump up and get things rolling again. Stafford got the 300 yards. Rodgers, 300 yards as well. Sharp, solid. Made the plays he needed to. Devontae Adam, Randall Cobb, and A.J. Dillon making big plays when they needed to. And the Packers <sighs> end up beating the L.A. Rams. Aaron Rodgers again. Um, Packers are finally going to go on the bye as they're obviously a very, very tired team right now. They had a very, very late bye this year, but with a 9-3 and record, they don't have a whole lot to complain about. Um, obviously, it's a rough schedule, but to survive at 9-3 and and beat the uh, Los Angeles Rams, even if it was in Green Bay, to get the job done, it's pretty damn impressive. It's cool to see the way the Rams spread the ball all, all over the field with their different receivers. Cooper Cup, obviously, with 96 yards. Van Jefferson Jr. and Odell Beckham had his first touchdown with the Rams, but last week they got their butts handed to them when Odell Beckham first got there. I can't imagine a lot of people were overly excited to have him, but he's there now, and he made a big play, so I guess they'll be okay <laughs> at the end of the day. We'll see what happens. Packers, though, look great, unfortunately for us and for everyone else. Detroit Lions, the feature presentation, of course, of segment number two. Losing to the Bears, they had the game won, and they still gave it up to the Red Rifle down the stretch and dropped to 0-10-1 on the season. 16-14, to Chicago wins. Their, their playoff hopes are pretty much dead, I would think. Uh, Matt Nagy, his uh, coaching career is hanging on life support at the moment. There were rumors that he was going to get fired on Friday, win or lose, pretty much. Well, he's still there, so Matt Nagy is still the coach of the Bears. A lot of people hoping that he'll hang on to uh, after the Vikings play them <laughs> so the Vikings can still beat the Chicago Bears because they think that, uh, you know, how when a coach gets fired, there could be a sugar high and all that, just like there was at the Falcons a couple of years back when Dan Quinn was fired. Then there was that uh, sugar high with Raheem as the interim coach, and they rolled all over the Vikings in the Dome or, in the you know, in U.S. Bank Stadium. Kirk Cousins had that horrible interception to open up the second half, and it was all downhill from there in a big way. Detroit, again, they have lost eight consecutive games to Minnesota. I don't feel a whole lot of confidence in the Chicago Bears, by the way, I'll just say, about making the playoffs or anything, but Andy Dalton, I guess, is probably for the best at this point, that Andy Dalton is quarterback of the Bears. They should have just left him in there, rushing Justin Fields, and I think was a big mistake, and that's probably going to cost Matt Nagy's job, unfortunately, for him. But sometimes that's just how that goes. Um, David Montgomery was 
the lead rusher in the game. Nothing a whole lot to brag about at the end of the day. Jared Goff was the best player in the game, I'd have to say, overall for both teams. TJ Hawkinson had the big touchdown, but only three catches, and that's how that goes. Jared Goff, very, very accurate, very solid, and remember, he played pretty well against the Minnesota Vikings several weeks ago when they thought they had the Vikings beat, and then they didn't. Then they suddenly didn't because Kirk had his big clutch moment down the stretch and helped the Vikings survive a Detroit Lions victory in U.S. Bank Stadium, which might have gotten Zimmer fired on the spot after the game. In fact, odds are very high that could have actually happened. Um, that could have easily happened. You could sense that coming with guys like uh, Mike Tice. I remember years ago when Mike Tice was still the coach and the Vikings hadn't won a game. When Detroit came into the Dome and the Vikings barely survived that Detroit team, Zimmer, there was talk that, excuse me, that Mike Tice, the other Mike, was going to be fired after that game. Like, Red McCombs was there, ready to get it done. But luckily the Vikings, luckily for Mike Tice anyway, the Vikings survived and won that game. That was actually Mike Tice's first win as Vikings coach. Pretty crazy. They might have fired him right away as uh, Red McCombs. That would have been the second time he did that, as he did that with the Spurs many, many years ago. Let's get to Detroit now before hell freezes over. Again, today's show is probably going to be a little bit shorter. It's just kind of a, I don't know, I'm obviously very, very worn out from the fall cleanup season. I had to work basically every day the last three weeks, and I do mean every day pretty much. So, again, that's just how this goes. I'm happy to get the show in, but it's just going to be a little shorter. And next week, hopefully, it'll be a little bit, uh, <clears throat> we'll be like, I'll be back to full strength, we'll call it at the end of the day. Um, Detroit, obviously, Minnesota's success level over Detroit has been insane. We're 40 games above 500, 73 to 39, going all the way back into the 70s. We've tied Detroit twice over the years, and I'm trying to look. How far back was the tie? It must have been, like, yeah, because I don't remember these happening. Yeah, that was 1967 and 1964. So, no, of course they don't. Remember, Detroit was a halfway decent team in the early 60s because they were a dynasty in the 50s. Detroit won the first five games between these two back in the early 60s. So think about that. Massive win streak from the late 60s into the early 70s that went on for, you know, six years straight, basically. Very impressive. That's 12 wins in a row. The Vikings have now won eight in a row versus Detroit. As there have been several several win streaks over the years. A couple of sweeps, though. Remember 2014, Detroit was awesome that year. Strong defense in the trenches, and Jim Caldwell was a good coach, and they fired him anyway. They fired him anyway, and yeah, that's on them. They brought in Patricia. Good job. Good job, Detroit. Bringing in Matt Patricia. I don't know, man. I don't know. That was a mistake. Um, but it wasn't right after 2014 that they did that, but it was years later. And that's when the win streak started. 17 on Patricia. Uh, 18 on, pardon me. Vikings rolled past Patricia and such. And now our 1-0 versus Dan Campbell. Oh, boy. 19-17, to though. That was embarrassing. That was an embarrassing, embarrassing game, to say the least. Yeah, the Vikings just kind of let the Lions hang on for forever. It was ridiculous. Jared Goff did throw an interception in the game. He wasn't anything special, but he put together a nice drive down the stretch that gave Detroit a chance. And plus, the Vikings' run defense was freaking horrible, giving up almost five yards of carry. Again, Alexander Madison with no Kirk Cousins, uh, Kirk Cousins with no Delvin Cook, ran for 113 yards in the game. Did not get in the end zone, but have a 48-yard scamper. So it's probably going to be Alexander Madison again. Uh, but now we have... Uh, Kuangwo as well, Nene Kuangwo, the Iowa State running back on board to be the number two running back for Minnesota. So that's an added, added plus. Vikings will beat Detroit next Sunday. The Vikings will beat the Detroit Lions. Uh, it's just no excuse. You can't beat Detroit next week. I think you might as well just pack it up and obviously fire Zimmer at the end of the game. In fact, the Vikings will fire Mike Zimmer if we lose to Detroit. I think the Lions remain winless. It will be a nooner on CBS instead of Fox, so I'm okay with that. I have no problem with CBS versus Fox. It is what it is. Then you have our first Thursday, our only Thursday game this year with the Pittsburgh Steelers at 720, of course. Then a Monday night game versus Chicago. Several days later, 11 days later, in Soldier Field. So we finally play the Bears on Monday, December the 20th, finally. Uh, and then you host the Rams on another nooner. 
Green Bay Packers, 7-20. Sunday night football in NBC in Lambeau. Oof, I don't know about that. And the Vikings host the Bears. It's almost like a tradition now. A uh, season finale in U.S. Bank Stadium and in the Metrodome over the years and all that and in uh, TCF Bank Stadium as well. Always seem to play the Bears in the final game of the season. I kind of like that. Maybe we'll be playing for second place in that game because I don't think we'll be catching any Green Bay at the end of the day. Uh, I'm glad to have a nooner game again. That'll feel good. I'll be back full strength next week. But I expect a big game from Alexander Madison. He's going to be your starting running back. I truly doubt Delvin Cook runs. Uh, will play for the Vikings next week. He was very, very banged up in the game. Uh, he looked very, yeah, he looked very much in pain. He looked very concerned. Um, probably, to me, it lo- it's really hard to say. I'm going to guess separated shoulder because of the impact and how the way his arm got kind of caught, this type of thing, and the way he just kind of dropped the ball. But uh, we'll just have to wait and see. It just figures every time he gets hurt, he fumbles. Did you ever notice that? Like the ACL back in 17 and earlier in the season. Every time the guy gets hurt, he fumbles. It's kind of sad and crazy, but that's how it goes. Uh, Lions again, 0-10-1 on the season. They will beat the Detroit Lions. Final score. (sighs) I think we're going to put some numbers on the board. Uh, Alexander Madison will eclipse the century mark, but I think Nene Kwangwo is going to get at least 70 to 80. I'll say 80 yards in the game. I think he's going to be big. If I can still have their biggest running day of the year, I guess Detroit. I think Kuangwu is going to be big. Madison will be big. Maybe Kuangwu ends up leading the Vikings in yards, but I think he's going to have some kind of a burst that's going to make a big difference, like a 50-yard game, maybe for a touchdown or whatever, and that'll bring his number up to 80 yards, Kuangwu, and uh, help the Vikings beat the Lions 24-14. to 10-point victory in Detroit. Lions dropped to 0-11-1 at the end of the day. With that, we'll take a break and come back for segment number three for some fan interaction. Looks like no calls this week. back here on Purple Mafia, final segment. Again, apologize, this one's a little shorter, but it is what it is. I mean, it's not that short, already 41 minutes in, so in some ways it's better. I mean, I don't necessarily like it when it's an hour and a half. Maybe I'm going on way too long and might be boring some of you out there as well. Again, so again, it was just kind of, it felt like a chalk it up type of week that drove everybody crazy. Another frustrating loss in San Francisco, and that's kind of my attitude about this game at the end of the day. Let's get to the Twitter account at Purple Mafia Show. At Purple Mafia Show, Malcolm and Tanae retweeted the most recent episode. Thank you guys very much. Uh, Malcolm out of California, Tanae Brown out of New Zealand. Episode 356, Upside Down World, at the end of the day. Sam Gupta out of California said, Can't wait to hear this one. It was a roller coaster at the end. Yes, it was. And kind of was that way to this week, but you just kind of it was a much more negative vibe than last week. Uh, last week was fun. This week, it just I don't know. It was like the same old crap. Um, there was a huge break along the stretch. Okay, I was talking about that. Yep, that was that like <laughs> interception that was taken away, thankfully uh, from Savage there. Ah. Uh, Sam Gupta says, no worries. I can't believe how quickly you can get the shows out faster than I can listen. Wow, thanks. <laughs> That's kind of cool. What was I saying? I was saying that was really a heck of a game to cover. Really sorry for the late reply. Yeah, I was slow to reply on Twitter. It was fun. It was a fun game to keep up with. And Sam Gupta also liked when I shared the uh, Timberwolves Explosion episode 314. Definitely check that out. Timberwolves Explosion. And I forgot to plug Vigit. God, I keep doing this every week, I think. Vigit, the Vigit. Uh, application for Android and Apple devices. Vigit, V-I-G-I-T, of course. It's two separate words. Social media for sports bettors. You can post about your picks, see what others are saying about games. Vigit Betting Leagues, a month-long betting competition to see who the best sports better is over the course of a month. Number three, free-to-play sports book. Bet-free coins, win real prizes, betting stats. There is great information available on the Vigit Lifeline movement where the public is betting. 
there is no real money wagering in this. There's no money in this. So just letting you all know that it's not an opportunity to get rich or anything, even though you can win real prizes, this and that. But it's not like it's necessarily about getting rich or all that. Again, it's just like fantasy betting. You can compete against each other. It's a lot of fun at the end of the day. I encourage you to join that. And if and when you do, the referral is Paladino Live. It's all one word. Final other thing, Crypto.com, encouraging you to get into cryptocurrency. And with a Crypto.com application, I will put a link in the show description for if you'd like to join that. If you click on that link and show that I referred you, because that's where the information is in that link, is uh, both of us would get $25. And it would help the uh, it would help you get your, uh, yourself started because you don't have to put a ton of money into a cryptocurrency. You don't have to. You can just kind of accumulate little bits and pieces. You can just put in little bits and pieces after maybe, you know, you get your paycheck on Friday, like 25 bucks or something here and there. You don't have to put in a lot of money. If you want to, that's up to you, but you don't have to. That's where some people might be scared. They're thinking, I'm going to put in thousands of dollars. And no, you don't. Uh, obviously, there's Bitcoin. That's the big one. There's Shiba Inu, which I highly recommend. Dogecoin's an interesting one. Um, Doge, Elon, Mars. There's all different kinds. And if you want to, any type of little tips, I might be able to give you some about which one just to maybe to, to look at. At least ideas here and there. Don't be afraid to tweet me or send a private message. But uh, do click on the link that will be in the show description or copy, paste, whatever the heck. And then when you join, both of us get $25. That would really help the show, to say the least. Golden Nugget, thanks for the follow there very much. Really appreciate that. Mad Martin out of New Zealand. New Zealand. I just called it New Zealand. Northern Scotland says, not feeling good about this one. Can we stop the run? Nope. <laughs> nope, that was a good uh, that was a good question though. And if that was the question coming into the game and you nailed it there, Mad Martin. You nailed it. Dave Martin, Mad Martin. I missed the call ins, Dave. I, I, I hope you can do it again one of these days. Totally understand though, if the busy schedule or just not up to it, you're just frustrated, but I miss I miss it though. I really miss those calls. Um and today you're more than welcome to call in as well. Gerald String. Oh man, love it. Out of Nebraska. Mad Martin continues, says, good start on defense, and the O did the job. Zimmer going for it on the fourth. Yeah, that was cool. The touchdown to Adam Thielen. Be aggressive on offense. Still need to see if the D can hold him. Now, this is what I was expecting. Yep, that was that 50-yard run by Samuel. That was extremely frustrating. And he gets a list together. Mad Martin says, first drive, three and out. Second, expecting, or you know, the second one was exciting and unpredictable. Third was pedestrian and obvious. Fourth needs to step it up. And yeah, it was really frustrating. And then he says, what we feared, they cannot stop the run. What the hell was Cousins looking at in that pass? That was the interception. 21 points. Yep, that was the big stretch. And I wanted to bring that up when I was talking about in the first segment, but I got so caught up in numbers and such. So I apologize deeply for that. That was the turning point in the game. The late, late touchdown at the end of the first half by San Francisco, which drove me absolutely nuts. And like I was saying, I was going to bounce things off of you guys when I uh, to kind of make the review a little bit longer in the third. It's kind of like extending the review a bit. The late, late touchdown by San Francisco at the end of the first half when the Vikings just, you know, was poor tackling, poor positioning, and just San Francisco kind of did what they wanted there and the, on the final drive of the first half, which ended up going to Juan... Juwan Jennings at the end there to tie the game up. It was a touchdown, and of course, Robbie Gold's extra, Robbie Gold, pardon me, his extra point that tied it up. And then you had that big run, and San Francisco scores the touchdown. Then you have the interception, and Eli Mitchell was able to get in the end zone immediately after that. Oh, God. Oh, immediately after that bullcrap interception, next thing you know, it's 28 14. When the Vikings were up 14-7, to late, very late in the second quarter, very late in the first half, Vikings were up 14-7, to make some kind of defensive stop, maybe you give up a field goal, 14-10, to San Francisco would have the ball, but it is what it is. Even if you make the little red zone stop, that's a big difference, and maybe it kind of kills the San Francisco momentum, and things are a little different. But uh, the 49ers just kind of had their way after that, uh, even though the Vikings would have uh, a couple more opportunities again with the run for a touchdown. Vikings failed again on the uh, two-point conversion, we should mention. He attempted it to Justin Jefferson several times in today's game, and they just 
I don't know, inaccurate passes and well defended and blah, blah, blah. Remember, San Francisco's uh, pass defense was excellent coming into this game. Third in the league, so let's not forget that. Third in the league. Um, the missed extra point was also a freaking buzzkill. When you try to get within one score and then you do stupid crap like that. Come on, Greg Joseph, too many times. You'll hear from uh, um, Malcolm McSween about that as well when I tweeted that out, saying he's better than that. <laughs> Maybe he isn't, uh, Greg Joseph. But, man, that 21-0 stretch was freaking murder. It was freaking murder. Under four minutes. I called it five minutes. It was under four. It was freaking murder. And it changed, it changed the game in a big way. Big way. Um, again, Mad Martin said, what the hell was Cousins looking at in the past? 21 points in under four minutes. That's garbage. Yep. So true. Uh, Mad Martin again said, same old shit, sadly. And then Malcolm was saying, maybe not. Ha ha. He does it almost every game, it feels like. The missed extra point. Yep. And I was saying, Greg Joseph's better than this. Extremely frustrating. Mad Martin jumps in, says, good offensive drive. Now we can make, make the D-line stop or make another It's an eight, another eight-minute drive. <sighs> yeah, that's kind of how things went. That's kind of how things went. We could not make the stop, and that was what was brutal. Uh, Mad Martin wraps up his part, saying, as expected, the 49ers, 107 rushing yards so far. At least they contained them to a field goal. We need a fast seven followed by an interception or fumble recovery to have any chance, and none of that happened. None of it happened, nope. And then I was saying BS non-call again as uh, KJ Osborne was completely mangled, and they didn't call it. It was bull crap. And I was saying BS non-call. Tanae Brown's just BS play for the entire game from everyone anyway. As uh, Tanae, yeah, very, very frustrated there and completely understand his uh, feelings on that one. I'm not disagreeing with you today. Out of New Zealand, great, great friend of this show and of Tim Rose Explosion. Really appreciate you. Tanae Brown brings a lot to that TE show. We'll be talking, we always talk to Tanae quite a bit on Tim Rose Explosion. I had fun doing that show on Black Friday. Let's get to the Facebook page. We're done with Twitter, but still got to do Facebook. Still got to do Facebook. So going into last week, I put in Upside Down World. Yeah, but it's now on the Apple Podcast. Mark Carlson said, I'm ready for this. Thank you. Thank you, Purple Mafia staff. Yep, that would be one person. <laughs> Facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia show. At the end of the day, I'm pretty sure I got to everybody's post-game thread last week. I think I did. I think I did, did I? Yeah, I think I did. Thank God. Yep, I did get it all in there. It was like two weeks in a row there. And then it almost happened again this week. It almost happened this week again. And I was like, it's not there. Oh, it now it is there twice. What the heck? That's so weird. Oh, it's probably confusing everybody and making people annoyed. Let me try to refresh this. Because this should be here. Okay, we got four there. And we got six in that one. Okay, so there's two threads. Oh, whatever. Two post-game threads, but at least they're both there. People commented in those, so... It's not too bad. Let's look at the end game thread a little bit. Mike Dale was saying, woefully bad against the run. We shouldn't delude ourselves. This is not a playoff team. That's for sure. Mike Dale at the beginning was saying, big game. I think if the Vikings win, then Zimmer has steadied the ship and found a tried and tested winning formula. We will probably be seen as a decent playoff bound team. However, if we lose, I feel the inconsistency will prove us to be just mediocre and a slightly subpar NFL team. So which is it? Sink or swim? Apparently sink and subpar. Mike Feller Stu Evans says, Here we go again. We will be lucky to finish at 500, 8 and 9. No playoffs. That's my prediction and I stand by it. Time for Zimmer and Kubiak to go. I can't disagree with that. I can't. Brett McCarthy was saying, well, that was impressive. The Hitman pick and turned into a Thielen touchdown. That was cool. Mike Dale said, so, knowing there wasn't enough time to hit a receiver, call a timeout and then bring in Greg Joseph. Why the hell wasn't that ball heaved into the end zone? It's a good question because there's too damn conservative at the wrong place, wrong time. Yep. Mike Dale was saying, Vikes need an instant scoring response or I fear they are cooked. Thank God. Just what the doctor ordered. Yeah, that was Thielen there. Yep. Yeah, and then the interception, oh man, not good. Terrible tackling, yep, that was yep, the Samuel play again. Dave Hickey out of Iowa. 
couple of comments here by Dave Hickey. He says, I'm so sick of Barr getting beat in coverage. Either blitz him. Yeah, exactly. Like when he gets, he drops back into coverage, Barr gets beat every time. I mean, once in a while, he'll surprise you and deflect a pass. But most of the time, he stinks. Uh, I wish they would have him be a pass rusher like a, you know, like a, like a Khalil Mack. But of course not. Of course not. Uh, I, I don't want him on the team next year. I did not want him on the team this year or last year. I'm with you all the way, Dave. 100% with you on that. And I'm not just trying to be agreeable with everybody. A lot of you guys have some damn good takes here, and I agree with that, Dave. I, I really do. Dave Vicky says they missed out on the value of Bar when we had him traded to the Jets. Now he's not for long in the NFL. Yep. <laughs> now he's a not-for-long player who's either retired or better not be resigned free agent. Yep, it sounds like he has a chronic knee issue as well. Yep, so bringing back Anthony Barr would be just a mistake. It would be a mistake, so luckily we got him down to one year, and he's a UFA at the end of the season. Unrestricted free agent, for those of you wondering what that is, well, most of you do. Dave Vicky says, you effing, you're effing right, buddy. That's a catch by Thielen. Yep, and yeah. Ugh. And then they said no. It was unbelievable, wasn't it? That was another play up. It didn't feel like a positive day with the refs, did it, <laughs> for a lot of us? It really didn't. Uh, Mike Dale uh, responded to Dave Vicky says, it was, even with the virtual reality where they can slow it down and stop the footage, the Stooges still got it wrong. Yeah, yeah. Yankee William, out of Brooklyn Center, says the refs are letting San Francisco get away with a lot of holding OPI against Breland on the last play. You can see the jersey tug. Yeah, you're right. Ben McCarthy says, BS call on the hitman. This game is over. Why are the Niners wide receivers out all the time? Yeah. Ugh. Yankee said, why must our kicker insist on missing the extra point? He missed like three this year, hasn't he? Ben McCarthy says, I can't say his name, but nice kick return for a touchdown. Yep, Kenny Nguangwu. <laughs> I think I'm saying it right. I don't know. He said, should have taken the field goal on that fourth and goal. Hmm. Defense is gassed. It's over. Tony Coleman, welcome back. South Dakota, just like Brett McCarthy there in South Dakota, says, well, there's the game, unless they get their heads back into it. Sloppy. Brett McCarthy was hoping the defense makes a stop. Nwangwo again. Woo! From Mike Dale. Tony says, why can't we have good kickers? Well, that's that, with the fumble and the injury with Delvin Cook from Brett McCarthy going for two WTF. Dave Hickey says, why do the Vikings insist on giving up touchdowns right before the half every game? It feels like it, doesn't it? Like last week, too. Yep, last week was a big one. Dave Hickey loves Kinney, Iowa State Cyclones. Yep, isn't that cool? WTF, they score a touchdown. Don't make the point. Yep, that go figure. Happens every week, feels like. Yep, that was Dave there. Hickey, uh, he says, I didn't see anything on Debo getting injured after Cook's injury. Hope he's okay. I hope so, too. Yep. And then Dave Hickey, yep, that was the, the Blitz one. Uh, Mike Dale says, sweet suffering, Christ, that was horrendous. Yep, that was in the bad tackling again. And the final uh, drive, the final uh, attempted drive was, was horrendous. I agree. So, let's get to the post-game thread here. As we're nearing the end. Yep, Mike Dale's got that big post. I like those. Those are good. Yankee Williams says the 49ers MVP. Yep, that was the stripes there. Steve Searle. Surly? Is it Surly? From, uh, was it Rozo? Looks like Rozo, I believe. Now I just messed everything up. Ugh. That stinks. I got a couple of new people here. That's nice. Yeah, Rozo. That's where, uh, yep, War Road is where he's from in Rozo. That's uh, where Neil Broughton originally came from. Neil Broughton, the North Stars legend. That's cool. He says, man, root and root, root and root stress and more stress. Can we please just get new leadership? Start at the top and go all the way through. Why do we run, or why do we try to run two times in a row against a nine-man defensive box? Good question. Hmm, could we maybe mix up the plays? Not with the current coaching staff. Read the defense and audible play, and audible the play. Come on, Vikings. Yeah, it seems like there's never anything like that, doesn't it? Good call there, Steve. Dave Hickey, a couple of them. We'll get to Mike Dale really quick. And then he also responds to Mike Dale. So, 
Mike Dale out of the New York area says, a bunch of imposters, or upstate New York, as you could call it, a bunch of imposters and posers masquerading around as a supposed playoff team. Much to flawed and unbalanced, especially on defense, atrocious. They can't tackle and are absolutely useless against the run, even when they know it's coming in defending the pass. They made a mediocre guy like Jimmy G look like he was wearing number 16 on that scarlet jersey. Yep, that would be Joe Montana for those of you that might be too young. Joe Montana. Google that guy. <laughs> they need a complete overhaul to the Vikings. Delvin, great player, but he's not on the field as much as he is. He's not worth the contract he's being paid. The only players I'd be upset if their contracts weren't extended are Traverson, Kendricks, Thielen, Nguangwo, and O'Neal. The rest, I really wouldn't lose sleep over if they weren't extended. I absolutely love Harry, but I fear he might be past it, even as I wear his jersey as I type this in the bar. Also, you're wearing a Harry the Hitman jersey. Nice. And I do feel you there on, on pretty much everybody there. Yeah, I want all those guys on the team. Last and certainly not least, Zimmer... Kubiak and co. have outworn their welcome. Sorry, thanks for the fish, but bye. Time to get a new staff in with newer, more modern ideas and revamp this team. There's some decent pieces there, but there's glaring deficiencies and they're not instilled Oops, with the right in, uh, intestinal fortitude and mindset to go far in the postseason. Therefore, they have no business taking part in the postseason, even if they end up qualifying for it by January. One last thing. Boo. Yep. I understand the frustration in a big way. Dave Hickey responded to him saying, well, well, well said. They got players, but not enough difference makers, and the coaching is on another level, and it's definitely not a good one. Yeah, great, great response, Dave. Um, Dave says, they don't seem to make plays mainly because of stupid play calls, but miscues and turnovers are predictable. Enough to make you sick if you let it, but long-time Viking fans have grown calluses to their Countless letdowns. Yeah, I would. I would have to say they reviewed the play, or they reviewed a play, and they still can't get it right. Typically, what happens to us? Great catch, anyways, Adam. We we need to figure out a way to beat the poor calls or missed calls that always screw us. But our coaching staff isn't good enough to make a difference. Yeah, I've been using timeout too with your uh, quarterback, unable to <laughs> quarterback unable to uh, line up behind the right guy. It's unbelievable. He he lined up behind the right guard, but not the right offensive lineman. Do you get it? Do you get it? Was that funny? No, not too funny. Jen Halstrom, welcome aboard. Play calling is trash. Cousins couldn't hit the broadside of a barn today. Nice to see you, Jen. I think she's posted before. It's been a while. Good to hear from you. Post again. Post again. Post again. Would be great. Um, I had it up, and I messed it up because I suck. Okay, just a couple more here. Trey Buckle says, uh, Cousins was off. I thought the play calling is what exact was what actually kept us in it. Hmm. Bishop Drates, out of South Dakota State University, lives in Ivanhoe, Minnesota. Interesting. Nice to meet you, Bishop. He says, Kirk was definitely off. Defense had way too many broken plays. That is why we lost, to be honest. Yeah, the defense as well. Trey Buckle says our defense is decimated right now. I would agree. Our defense lost it. In a lot of ways, they did, especially with the uh, the run game of the 49ers. Good thoughts, guys. Good thoughts. Good thoughts. Thank you for jumping on board. Great to hear from you. Gold star of this episode is going to... Man, it's got to be Mike Dale again, doesn't it? Mike Dale and Dave Hickey, you guys are going to be bringing in the gold stars for this episode. Silver star. Let's go with... Steve, Steve Sterling. Uh, yep, good one. Yeah, really like the post there. Steve Sterling. Um, and Genki definitely is going to bring in at least a silver-plated bronze. Great episode, guys. And Man Martin also will bring in a silver. Uh, no, uh, yeah, he'll bring in a silver on this episode at the end of the day. Thank you guys so much for the awesome, awesome interaction like you always bring. You guys are the greatest. You make me want to keep coming back and coming back and coming back, even when I'm super tired, super worn out, and want to want to just say, oh, you know, it's okay, whatever. You know, maybe I could skip a week because of, because of like, just too busy, too much work, too behind of this, too behind of that. But it's like, nah, got to keep, uh, keep up. Apologize if I was a little bit short or a little bit kind of 
zone today, but that's kind of how it goes. Next week I shall be back at full strength, at least I hope so, and hopefully the Vikings will be as well, and I'm sure they will be Detroit. Please do write a positive rating on iTunes, Stitcher, or Audible. Those are the three applications where you can write reviews for the show. It would be greatly appreciated in a big way. It would be so appreciated if you could do that. Also, don't be afraid to call into the show. I would love to hear from you. Uh, what you do there is you open up your smart device. Any free voice recording application is out there. Usually there's ones built in. Just open it up, press record, talk, treat it like a phone call, hit stop, and then share it to uh, or, yep, then share it to Paladino Live at Yahoo.com or email it to Paladino Live at Yahoo.com. That will also be in the show description with everything else. And we'd love to hear from you. I really would. Uh, welcome to Christmas season. Hope you're enjoying it. I'm sure most of you that celebrate Christmas have your tree up. Even some of you that don't celebrate it, sometimes you still put your tree up or put some lights up. I enjoy looking at Christmas lights, and I'll definitely be doing that at the end of this episode in the next few minutes here, the next half hour or so. I'll be going for a little ride, my traditional little chill after the podcast is done, editing and all that. Hope all of you have a wonderful week and enjoy the Christmas season for those of you that celebrate it. And... We'll talk to you next week after the Vikings most likely will beat the Detroit Lions.